Hello and welcome to another episode of Use of Force. I'm Mike Varley. And I'm Jesse Hyatt. This week, our Use of Force episode centers around our walk around South Queens. And as with several other episodes in the series thus far, it deals with another unidentified man. This is something we front-loaded a little bit as it goes hand-in-hand with our shirt series for this season, which represents two separate instances of unidentified use of force incidents within New York City. So we have another one here. This one took place in East New York, which is actually on the way to the majority of our South Queens route for this week. We intended to record outside while walking, but it got a little rainy today, so we're in our home studio recording. So you won't hear cars passing or anything like that, like in some of our other episodes. Jesse's going to read the use of force instance. And again, in this instance where it involves an unidentified person, there are no news sources to accompany this. So this comes from the NYPD 2011 use of force report. On June 30th at 16.50 hours in the confines of the 75th precinct, officers responded to a radio call for a robbery during which a man had been shot. A male white subject had entered an auto repair shop, abruptly produced a revolver, and shot and injured the owner. He then fled. Numerous officers converged on the location to canvas for the subject. One uniformed sergeant and officer were alerted by a passerby that the subject had hailed a livery cab. Upon locating and stopping the cab, the sergeant and officer approached the vehicle, at which point the subject suddenly opened the cab's rear door and menaced the officers with pistol in hand. The subject refused orders to relinquish his weapon and a struggle over the gun ensued. When the subject wrestled the 38 revolver away and pointed it at the officers, each officer discharged a single round, striking the subject and causing his demise. The subject had no prior arrest history and had controlled substances in his system at the time of the incident. Right. So as this is now the fourth instance of us talking about an unidentified subject, there are some themes that we've already touched on from the previous ones that we'll reiterate. The biggest of which being that because this has no news coverage analogy, the only instance we have speaking about this in the public is this document that we've just read. Right. Coming from just the NYPD. So it's just how they saw things playing out. Right. And as we've said previously, there's a lot of problems with the idea of having only one account and a lot of problems with that one account coming from a party that's involved in the situation. Right. And in this case, sort of like the other ones, it plays out in a way that makes it feel kind of like a movie. Like it it leaves a lot to the imagination, a robbery happening where 
someone comes in and abruptly pulls out a gun and shoots the owner and then runs away and hails a cab and the police come and find the cab and pull him out and wrestle and you know it, it all feels very like dramatic and I guess I have no real reason to believe that this didn't all happen like this but it would be helpful to have some other reporting one thing that's sort of just standing out to me as we're reading through this again the fact that the subject was able to hail a cab at just before 5 p.m. in East New York after shooting someone in an auto repair shop in 2011 doesn't really feel super clear. Mm. <laughs> just sort of knowing that, I mean, it's a livery cab, so it's not like the yellow taxi or the green taxi that we think of. It's that would refer to one of the, like a car service. Mm -hmm. And those are not supposed to stop for anyone and aren't super frequent around on, or at that time even weren't super frequent around on the streets. So it's a little, just that part of it even, I would love to just know, you know, I, it would be helpful to have more reporting because. Unless it was a cab that was designed to be there by this person. Well, that's what sort of in my mind, I'm thinking it feels like maybe there was more planning involved than just simply he hailed a cab and was moving away. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't sound like in the accounting that he robbed a cash register or anything like that. Like, did this person know the person that ran the auto shop? Right, good point. That was my... Right, it says he shot him and then abruptly fled. Right. My assumption would be that this was a personal relationship. Mm. Right, and it's being cited as a robbery. Right. I guess, I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, I don't know why it would, like why that information as, as to what he took would not be considered relevant details. Just that, right. just that there was a robbery happened so I guess, right, the officers were responding to a radio call for a robbery yeah. during which a man had been shot. Yeah. But then, yeah, like you said, they don't explain about the robbery itself at all. They just explain about the subject entering the auto repair shop, producing a revolver and shooting the owner. Yeah. And so this is similar to the one that is for my shirt for the season, mm -hmm. which occurred in the 83rd precinct, in that it is a fantastic story, fantastical story. Right. As you mentioned briefly. And the idea that something like this would just go unnoticed in the news that nobody 
saw this happening at 4 p.m. Nobody bothered to contact anyone. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying it didn't happen. It's just these types of things are very strange to me. Sure. I mean, I also have no real reason not to believe that it happened, but it's better when there's more accounts and more things to back it up. And everything that we've, that we're talking about has happened within the last decade when we've all had the internet. It's been really easy to put information on the internet and get information off the internet. And we've done our due diligence searching for more information about these things. And yeah, it really seems like there's just nothing, nothing else out there. And when you look at the proclivity for evening news to report even the most mundane negative things, they, they're, they're hounding for this type of stuff. Like sure. this is the top story, you know? Yeah. And I mean, I, I granted it's, it's not on Madison Avenue or something. You know, it's an it's a neighborhood that historically has been neglected. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't seem to matter in some of these unidentified cases. They're in neighborhoods that run a, a broader spectrum of polite society or what have you. You know, it, it doesn't have something to do with I believe that previous ones included you know, Bayside, Ridgewood, Bushwick, which is kind of a, you know, a diverse section of neighborhoods. Yeah. And of course, the end again, no, no arrest history this time, Mm -hmm. but controlled substances were found in the subject's body. Right. Which makes it less likely for people to inquire as to what happened. To say that sort of thing, it makes you think, oh, well, he was, you know, he was a junkie or something. This, it's, I don't know if dehumanizes is the word, but it just makes it more of a statistic. Right. Well, the fact that we don't have a name for this person or any history to who this person was. This one doesn't even say how old they were. Definitely is dehumanizing and making it a statistic, I would say. And and yeah, certainly saying, oh, this person had some sort of controlled substance in his system at the time of the incident. That it sort of like explains it away and waves you past it. And we have to remember too, I mean, these Where we're getting this information from is the use of force report that the NYPD puts out, which requires them to share every time an officer has discharged their weapon, which includes guns, tasers, animal attacks. Right, but those don't receive the same write-up. I mean, it, no, they don't. The incident report is about when anyone has been killed. The, the other reports are every single time, just in numbers, in statistics, that the officer has used their 
whichever weapon is available to them at the time. But I believe that these reports are, I mean, they're coming from the NYPD. They're required reporting. They want to make it look like they're doing the best job possible. They want to make it always, of course, it's in their best interest to explain all of these incidences in a way that makes it seem like they had no other option. Yeah. And I don't know that through what we're doing here, we're, we're necessarily saying whether or not in each of these moments there was another option. Some of them we'll probably find certainly there was. Some of them maybe we, you and I, Mike, don't know the answer. But at least the point here is to just talk about it know that these incidents happened, share it with a slightly broader audience, and hope that having some kind of awareness in the world can make for positive changes. Yeah. I mean, so far we've had four unidentified cases and we've had two named cases. One of the named cases, James Owens, there was a starkly different account between a witness who was the sister of James Owens and the police. Right. So yeah, so I think as we as we get into this further most of our upcoming incidents that we'll be talking about are named and do have reporting on them. So we'll be able to share a lot more information than just what's in the NYPD report. So yeah. I think that'll be good. We'll have a lot more perspectives to speak to. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's, well, it's certainly too late now for people like us that aren't journalists and don't have the ability to dedicate time to something like this while we're doing these other things or even have the access that I think would be necessary to really get to the bottom of these sorts of things. But I wonder if, you know, moving forward, if this continues to be the brand of documentation that the police continues if it doesn't make sense for journalistic bodies to read these things and then do an audit of them. It's like, well, why didn't we hear about this? Why is there no coverage of this period? Sure, I think I think that would be great. I think that, I know these come out at the end of the year, but 2019 still isn't out. Last I checked, which was a couple of weeks ago. So, I don't know when they actually come out. They're, it seems like they're compiled at the end of the year, and then I don't know if there's any sort of timeline on when they have to come out, which I still think it's worth it to do the audit and see what was missed and try to hold people accountable for the future, but that does leave you with a big gap. It's It seems like... It's not that you're going to find lots of new information if it's been a year and a half since an incident happened. 
Maybe you, you could. could. I think you could find more new information, especially if you're a journalist and that's your job. I, you know. That's true. Uh, at this point, this is 2011. It would probably be very difficult. Right. But that doesn't mean that something like that has to continue. So, yeah. I think in summation, what we said with the previous instances of unidentified cases remains true. To have only one perspective is very challenging. You read what you read on the paper, and very often it the first blush impression is, well, yes, an armed man goes into rob a store and then gets in a gunfight with police. This is open and shut. I don't have to think too much about this. But then the more you sit down and reflect on these sorts of things, there are legitimate questions that arise and yeah. no alternative perspective to view the situation from. Great. So, so I guess, unfortunately, that's just where we are with it. We yeah. don't have any more information about this particular case, but we still think it's important to share it and do our best to talk about it. And I think that's all we have really to say about it. Yeah. As with every one of these that we've done, if for some reason you know more about this specific case that occurred in June 30th, 2011, in the 75th Precinct of East New York. Or if you're interested in it and want to talk more with it, about it, with us, please contact us. We'd be interested in having a further dialogue. Yeah, yeah. Or if you know anything about any of the cases we've talked about so far or any that we might talk about in the future, we are open to learning more and having discussions with people that are also engaged in this topic. Yeah. So thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you again soon. Take care.